right. Handouts are available in the back if you need them. Uh, this passage tonight is probably the passage that I teach or go over or work through with people almost more than any other passage that I teach, go over with, work through. And so it is, uh, it is one that I find incredibly helpful, very, very useful, and would love your feedback on this. Uh, let's look at this passage. I went ahead and wrote up the whole verse on the board because I figured we could work through it together. There's a lot of things I want to talk through with this, and uh, this will help us think through it. And I gave you some notes there on your, uh, your handout. So I put the, put the notes, or put the handout right there at the top. You'll notice the, the verse. If you don't have a Bible, of course, I encourage you to open your Bible and look inside if you do have your Bible with you. But we're going to work through these phrases one by one. Let's read it together. I'll read it for us. And then we will dive in one by one. He says, uh, in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, the Apostle Paul, writing to the Corinthian church, says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. All right, let's look at what, these, what he's saying here. When he begins and he says, uh, No temptation. Uh, what are we talking about when we talk about temptation uh, in the Bible? What, what is this? An, an enticement to sin, something that's not God's will. Yeah, the word temptation in the Bible can either mean a uh, temptation to sin or a test. Uh, the word pirasmos either means a temptation or a test. In the context here, it's probably um, related to a temptation to sin. If you look back at uh, chapter 10, if you have your Bible, and you go back just a few verses. So we're at 10, 13 right now, and in, in my Bible, just straight up the page, we have the example of, of the nation of Israel. As we begin chapter 10, he says um, that all the, all the, the, the uh, fathers, the, the Jewish fathers, the Jewish um, patriarchs were, were part of the nation, but many of them were not, uh, were not obedient. Look at verse 5. But with most of them, God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. These things became our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they lusted and do not become idolaters as some of them were. So he, he connects idolatry with sexual immorality, and he says that they actually fell into these lusts, they fell into these desires, gave into these, and uh, it says in verse 8, they, uh, they, some of them did in one day 23,000 fell. Don't let us tempt Christ if some of them tempted and were destroyed by serpents, nor complain if some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now, all these things happened to them as examples. They were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Therefore, let him who thinks he stand take heed lest he fall. What's he talking about standing? He's saying just because you're part of a church doesn't mean you won't fall. And just because you were part of the uh, Jewish nation doesn't mean you won't fall into these kinds of sin. Therefore, that, that's why he says, take heed. Then he says, no temptation. And I think that's why this is referring to sinful temptation. I personally believe this is talking about uh, a, a desire, uh, sinful desires, a, des- a temptation to sin. Um, this was giving, these were given to us as, as examples. Now, what does temptation do? No temptation has what? overtaken you. Anybody have a different translation in their Bible? We're going to do a lot of this. Some of you have different Bible translations and have different renderings of that word. What do you have? Yes, sir. Come upon you. Come upon you. Okay. Anybody else have another one? Seized. seized yeah, seized. Is, is it E-I or I-E? I-E. I don't know. I before E, except in everything else, right? I don't know. Whatever it is. 
It's the problem with not having spell check in my pen. One day they're going to invent that. Okay. Uh, no temptation has seized you. No temptation has overtaken you or come upon you or taken is, is another trend. The idea is, um, is, to be, is to be seized. Uh, the, the, the Greek word has the idea of to get a hold of something by laying hands or grasping something. To, to, to actually grab it, to take hold of, to take in the hand. Okay, and, and temptation, the picture is of a, of a robber that jumps out and surprises you and grabs you and seizes you, okay? That's the idea. It's, it's, not, it's a surprise attack. Okay, this is a surprise attack, if I can get you to, to get that picture in your mind. And that, you, you'll notice this about your life. Often temptation is a surprise attack. And notice his no temptation has overtaken you. This is important. This is a personalized a personalized temptation or personalized attack. It's a temptation um, against you um, or uh, of you. No temptation has overtaken you, all right? And then we have this next phrase, except such as is common to man. Okay, what is he saying with this? What, what, what is the point being made here by that phrase? It's commons, okay? It's common to man. It's common... This let me help you out here a little bit. This is is one word in the Greek language that means it's humanly versus spiritual versus like an animal. It is pertaining to the quality of being human. Here's what he's saying. There's no temptation that ever seizes you except that which is that which is, that which is um, very human, very normal. In other words, you're not facing temptations that are out of the mainstream of what other people have to face. Now, it's not saying that you've, you do face the same temptations everyone else faces, because that's not true. You know, Colin and I are different people. Colin might face a certain temptation. I might face a completely different temptation. There are certain things that people sin and uh, about and do, and they sin, and I look at them and I think, how in the world do you do that? Like, that is so undesirable to me. It does not even appeal to me. I don't know what it is about that that you like. And there are other things that people say, and I'm like, I understand it completely. Like, I, yeah, I get that, because that appeals to me, right? We're different. But there is never a sin that I am uniquely tempted to sin that I'm the only person in the world who's ever been tempted that way. That's what this is saying. All of your temptations are human temptations that are common to humanity, that are common to being a person. There's no temptation that will come upon you except the temptations that are common, that are normal for people to face. Carnal desire, absolutely. Absolutely. Carnal desire is a, is a, is a classic example. Um, uh, lying, right? Promoting yourself. Pride. All of these things are very, very common. The, the key idea is that sometimes we, we, we buy into the lie that we are uniquely challenged. No one's had it as hard as I've had it. I was explaining this to a person. We were actually talking about this exact thing uh, I was talking about today with someone. They said, they said um, what exact, is this saying that, that, um, that all, everybody will face the exact same temptations? Like there's a, there's a series of temptations that we all have to go through. And that's not what it's saying. Um, what, the way I describe it was when I was in high school, I had a friend who one time, 
invited me to his house. Well, I was at his, my friend's house, and he said, hey, do you want to go next door? My, dad's, my friend's dad has beer in his fridge. We can go next door and grab some beer in his fridge. Now, now let, me, let me tell you, that is a temptation that I have, I'm the only person in the world that I know of that's faced that's ex- that exact temptation in that exact moment. I don't know of any of you who have been to my friend's house, and he asked you to go next door to go, uh, you know, steal some beer from the neighbor's fridge, right? None of, none of y'all face that exact temptation, but in many ways you have, that you had a similar scenario where there was a temptation to steal or a temptation to drink or a temptation to do what you do, you know, all that stuff, but it wasn't the exact same temptation, but it was the same kind of temptation. Does that make sense? It's the same in the nature. It's the same kind of temptation, and that's what he's talking about here. Now, there's a break here in our um, translation, uh, common demand. In our translation, we use a semicolon. He kind of says, okay, this is the first thought, but there's another thought, which is this, but God is faithful. God is faithful, and he's going to explain how the faithfulness of God plays out in our daily temptations. Any questions so far before I move on to the second part of this verse? You're making sense. Anybody disagree? Feel free to. It's okay. Yes, sir. Question. I'd be interested in what other translations have this is for except because it obviously doesn't mean different than. Right. Um, ex- yeah, uh, he's saying, um, so the different translations, I'm trying to remember, I've actually studied this in many different translations. Some turn it into a positive. They say they're uh, no temptation has overtaken you. Um, or uh, ESV. What is ES? Somebody has an ESV, don't they? It's po- has a positive has a positive turn on it. What does it say, uh, Nathan? There you go. The, the overtaken you. That is not common to man. This, the, the, the way it is in Greek, it's that if not, except, it's like a, ma, a me, I, th- I mean, um, a may, which is if not, uh, if it's not humanly. It's, it's kind of awkward in Greek for us to communicate directly in English, but it's basically there's no temptation that's overtaken you if it's not human, humanish, human, human-like. So, so in English, sometimes that's awkward. Uh, King James, New King James, try to make it as literal as possible. So we say, except such as is. So not, except it is, you know. But the, uh, so that's the more literal way of taking it. So ESV smooths that out and says, it, it, uh, read it again. <laughs> I can't even remember how it says it. It says something like, calling on, calling on here. That is not common. That is not common to me. It's saying the same thing. It's just making it a little bit easier. That helps you out. Except what is common to man. Yeah. And that's the same thing here. Except what is. And the such as is is a little awkward, but it, it's a little more literal, if you can say that. Uh, except what is common to mankind or common to humanity would be fair. Yeah. Okay. So, but God is faithful. God is faithful in our, in our temptation. And how does God show his faithfulness? It says, um, uh, who, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. Here's what this, uh, here's what this teaches us. So the first uh, blank you had there, by the way, overtaken is seized, and this is a personal temptation. That's your other uh, blank. 
Uh, God is faithful. Okay. God holds the limits, is your Blake. God holds the limits on what we will face. He will not. Who is the who here? This is God. Will not allow you, the one who's being tempted, to be tempted beyond what you are able, beyond your ability. So the first lie that you might buy into a temptation is that I'm the only one facing temptation. That's a lie. No, other people have faced it. You're not facing a unique temptation. You might be facing a unique instance of a temptation, but that temptation, in essence, has been faced by many people before you and will be faced by many after. And God is not going to let you be tempted beyond what you're able. This means that God will not put you in a situation where you're forced to sin. He's getting you, he's allowing you in situations, but he's never tempting you beyond your ability. So you'll never face anything beyond your ability. I think this is referring to a situation where we cannot but fail. In other words, where we have to fail. God will never put you in that situation. Also, what, what does God teach us about, or what does the Bible teach us about God and temptation? About the relationship between God and temptation. God does not tempt us with evil, right? But God does restrain the evil, restrain the temptation. Can you think of examples where God restrains a temptation in the Bible? What's that? Job. Yeah. God, Satan says, I want to do these things. And God says, well, you can do this, but not this. So we have an example of God restraining uh, the temptation, God holding back. And James 1, we just talked about in church, um, let, no one say when is let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither does he tempt anyone with evil. Each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own lusts and enticed, which is tempted. Right. So we need to be careful never to blame God with our temptation or for our temptation, but God will not, here's a promise, <clears throat> He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. This means you can never blame God when you fail, when you fall into sin. Right? You can't blame God for that. God is not the one making you sin. What does He do? What's the way in which you're, he, he makes sure you're able to endure this temptation? But what? He will also make the way of escape. Okay, what are you escaping? The temptation, the sin, you're getting out. Uh, that you may be able to bear it or endure it or stand up under it. Um, when God, when temptation comes, God has promised there's, also, there's always a way out. Now, the way out sometimes is really easy, and sometimes it's not easy. Um, can you think of an example of someone who had to get out of temptation? Yes, this is the great example, right? Joseph in Genesis 39. What happens to Joseph? He is serving his master Potiphar in Master Potiphar's house, and the, and the master's wife looks on him with longing eyes, and she says, lie with me. She just says two words, you know, and then he that's two words in Hebrew, lie with me. And then he, he explains to her why he cannot. I find this is fascinating. He says, oh, no, we can't do this. Don't you know that I'm, everything in the house belongs to uh, your master has put it under my control except you? And how can I sin against the Lord? And he's like, he's like talking, talking, talking. And, and she doesn't listen. She just says, lie with me. And, and, and he finally um, says she pled with him day after day. And... Uh, one day when Joseph went into the house to do the work, none of the men of the house were inside. 
Boy, that's suspicious. And then she caught him by his garment and said, lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. What did he have to do? He had to literally leave the, leave the premises. Get out. There are two sins the Bible tells us to flee that I, I found. There may be more, but there's two specific that God, the Bible tells us to flee. One is sexual immorality. Does anybody know what the other one is? Idolatry. Idolatry. Why do you think God tells us to flee these things? Like he doesn't say fight or wrestle with that. He says flee. Why? Yeah, by getting out, by physically leaving, you're removing the temptation. Exactly. But, but I, I think it's interesting to think about. Why, why does God say flee? Besides, obviously it works, number one. The, that's really well said. The longer you're around it, the worse it gets. Yeah, and it, it gets harder and harder. Someone once said that, you know, um, lust can never be satiated. It can never be satisfied. It can only be inflamed, right? Uh, lust can never be satisfied. It can only be inflamed. And so when, when people indulge in their lust, they do not actually solve the problem. They do not. They think they're uh, um, satisfying themselves. They're not. They're, they're making it worse. Not only that, we are so weak. We are so weak to these kinds of sins. We've got to get, if, if you're in a situation where this is a temptation, you've got to get out, you've got to get away from it, because if you're there long enough, you will fall. So, so get out. Do not stick around uh, for that. So when you are tempted, what should you be looking for? An escape route, right? Look for an escape route. That's what, that's what you should look for. Say, how can I get out of this situation? How can I flee, uh, flee the situation? 2 Timothy 2.22, flee youthful lusts and pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. One of my favorite verses. And it really does tell us that we ought to flee these things, really pursue righteousness, flee, flee um, uh, uh, these things, run away, look for the way of escape. Um, yes, there's a time to wrestle with, with wickedness, but in, in temptation... Uh, we do not wrestle. Uh, we do not uh, stick around to find out. We, we, we flee. We get out. There's nothing cowardly about getting away. There, and I, I appreciate there are men of honor. There are men, a lot of men in our, uh, the, I think there was the, um, uh, Mike Pence has that rule. Billy Graham had the rule where he would, he did not allow himself to have um, a, a um, closed door meeting with a person of the opposite sex just for the, the, the potential for danger there. And, and there's a lot of potential. And we've got to be careful, folks. There's nothing wrong with honoring your marriage. Honor your marriage. Like exalt, like treat your marriage with, with respect. Don't put yourself in a situation uh, that, that temptation's allowed to, to blossom, if that makes sense. Kill it. Get out. Um, there's another verse I was just thinking about as I was talking about that. What, what does James tell us about lust? When lust has conceived, it brings forth sin, and sin, when it's full grown, brings forth death. So the only way you're going to get rid of this is to not allow lust to conceive, is to get at the root of these things. So the way of escape, very important. Okay, um, that you may be able to endure it, able to bear it. Endure it means literally to stand up under something, to be able to not give in. Uh, Notice the interesting point here is that God actually does not promise in these things to take away the temptation. What does God promise to do? To give us a way out and... To, li- to limit it, right? These are his promises, that I will limit your temptations, and I will give you a way out of your temptations. 
You, but I, I don't necessarily remove them from you. You've got to remove yourself. Uh, that's, it's, it's, it's important for us to keep that, right? keep that in mind, that we may be able to stand up or, or endure. He doesn't. Uh, so what, what does this bring us? What conclusion does this bring this to? If you look at verse 14, um, he says, Therefore, my beloved, what? We just, read, we just talked about this a second ago. Flee from idolatry, another sin, right? Get away from that. Uh, that sin. Stay away from idolatry. This is the same idolatry that's connected with immorality back in the previous, previous verses. I have three kind of applications here, and then I'd love to take your comments, questions as we, as we get to the end of this, and we're, getting, we're moving right through this. Um, number one is that temptations that surprise me um, or overtake me do not surprise God. Okay? Um, again, the picture of being overtaken by sin or overtaken rather by a temptation, is that it jumps behind, it jumps out and grabs you, it jumps out and surprises you. God is aware of my struggles and has purposefully, purposefully limited them. Okay, so God is aware of my struggles. Is it sinful to be tempted? No. How do you know that? Jesus was tempted, right? In fact, how he was tempted, if you look at the, the Gospels, he was tempted in the ways that Adam and Eve fell. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life. All three of those areas, lust of the flesh, turn this bread, turn these stones to bread, right? Lust of the, lust of the eyes. Um, I'm trying to remember which one this was. Uh, yeah, take, take all, uh, you can have every, all the kingdoms of the earth. Pride of life, cast yourself down and the angels will, will rescue you. you know, they, you're so important, they won't let you hurt yourself. Well, the irony of that, obviously, was that not only did they let Jesus get hurt, he died on the cross, right? So this shows you Satan, Satan was trying to appeal to lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life. Jesus faced temptation, and he did not give in to these temptations. How did he face temptation? What did he do? He used the truth of the Word of God against his enemy, right? He directly dealt with them. Um, so, number one, temptations that surprise me do not surprise God. He's aware of my struggles. He has purposely limited them. Number two, I will never face a temptation that is unique in type beyond what other people have had to face. I think this is comforting. Um, one way, uh, you know, the, two, a couple ways that Satan has power or that sin has power in our lives. Number one is in the darkness when something's hidden from everyone and nobody knows. There's a secretness. There's a power to that. that has. I, I can't tell you uh, how many times in working with people or counseling folks or in discipling people that, that the hiddenness of sin is what, is, what, is what holds so much power over their life. And once they are able to confess that, get rid of it, and deal with it openly, then, then, God, then God actually releases. The, it feels like the power's gone from that, from that sin. So, um, some, so people often think that, you know, hiding sin, but number two is that I'm the only person who's had to face this. Like, pastor, you just don't understand. Like, this is, this is so, like, I don't know anyone else in my life who's had this kind of pressure or whatever. And that's just not the case. You never, everything we face is common to humanity. It's something that is, um, uh, human, human-ish. And thirdly, because no temptation is beyond God's power to limit, I know my temptations do not mean I must sin. That means no matter how strong a temptation feels, it is not unconquerable. So let that sink in. There's, there's never a scenario or a situation 
where you are, you are completely forced to sin. God, God will, promises not to put us in a situation that, that, that we cannot but, but, but disobey God. He says that there is, there is a way of escape. There is a way to honor God in any trial and any circumstance. Okay, thoughts, questions, or comments? Yes, ma'am. Okay, endure? Yeah, that's stand up under. Stand up under. I need to do a better job with that, sorry. Endure or bear has the idea of stand up under. Um, there's some very uh, visual words in this, in, this in, in the original language, and that's one of them. has the idea of pressure and you're able to push, and you're able to not be crushed under the pressure. And this overtaken has the idea of being jumped, uh, seized, like by a criminal. Okay? And, and this word common to man, it just means a very human, human-like, humanly. Um, uh, it's used elsewhere to describe hum- human wisdom versus God's wisdom. So this is human temptation. This is a very, uh, very human thing that we all face. Uh, sorry about that. Yeah, so I have a look for an escape route, escape route, endured us to stand up under uh, something. Yeah, Valerie. And then above that, um, God holds the limits on what we'll face, but then we will not face anything that's beyond our ability. Correct. Yeah, beyond our ability. And he does not tempt us to sin. Correct. Yeah, that's what I have. Yep. Those are, those are, the, those are the correct answers to the blank. <laughs> yes, sir, Colin. Right. It's going to stay there for however long God's determined. There will be an eventual escape, which may be immediate, maybe short term, maybe yeah. death. Yeah. There's an escape. Whenever that escape is, we're also promised the ability to bear up under. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Um, I, I guess I was kind of leaning in on the, uh, the lust of the flesh kind of stuff here in the temptation. There's tons of temptations. There's temptation to despair, right? There's temptation to. Um, uh, I was trying to think. I just had one a second ago. There's, there's uh, temptation towards pride, towards lying. Uh, I, 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 I knew somebody one time who I felt like every time I talked to him, he was lying to me. Like he was telling me things. I'm like, I know that's not true. Like, why do you do this? <laughs> like, like why, why, are you, why do you feel the need to uh, tell me these stories about yourself that obviously are not true? Uh, he had this temptation. Like people are tempted to different things, right? Some people it's temptation to gamble. Right now, the Powerball is like one point something billion dollars, right? And somebody's somebody out there is like really struggling because they made a commitment. Lord, I will not do this, and they, but they they're struggling right now, and they they're like, Lord, I, please keep me from stopping at the gas station on the way home. And some of us laugh about that, but other people, it is a life struggle, right? And some people, they haven't smoked a cigarette in 25 years, but man, when they walk by somebody smoking outside at a restaurant, it triggers those feelings, and they really want a cigarette. And they're like, Lord, I made that commitment not to do that, and I'm struggling right now. And that's their temptation. And whatever it is, God has promised that he will give you a way out. And what, what Colin was saying is really profound, that that way out may not be right, right then and there. Like, there may not be an immediate escape route right then and there. It may take a while for that escape route to develop. Or it may take a minute for, for that to happen. And in the meantime, you must uh, realize that the temptation is limited and you don't have to give in. There's a, there's a belief in our current culture that your desires are your destiny. 
that whatever you want is who you are. We see this in our culture that says, well, if you want certain things, then it's just how you're geared. It's how you're made. And you have no choice but to follow those desires wherever it leads. And that's, that's a lie from Satan. That's a lie from the devil. That's not true. We, you, you can have all kinds of warped desires that are not... You know what you do with those warped desires? You repent of them, and you ask God to give you grace, and you crucify them, you mortify them, and you follow Christ. You, you put aside those things, and you, follow, you, you carry your cross daily, and you follow Him. That's what you do. You don't, you don't justify them and say, well, I guess that's just the way I'm made. Uh, so whatever the temptation is, um, you, you, you need to deal with it as God would have you deal with it. And, and sometimes it's very practical. The other thing I wanted to mention, I forgot to say, is sometimes this way of escape is extremely practical. It doesn't have to be a super spiritual thing. Sometimes it's like, like I said, uh, the person who struggles with gambling, and, they, and they, they, they used to buy a lottery ticket, they used to do scratch-offs, they did a lot of gambling, and they wasted a lot of money, and they drive by that same gas station that was that place where they stopped every day on their way home from work and wasted so much money or whatever, and you're like, I just have to go home a different way because I, I need to get away from that place. That place is like, uh, has a magnet on it that draws me in. Like, you need to just think very practically sometimes about your temptations. Is that, is that going to solve every problem? No, but that might be the way of escape that God is giving you, right? You don't have to go that way. You don't have to walk by that person at work who's been tempting you. You don't have to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can make choices that are sometimes extremely practical that will help you avoid sin. All right? Anything else? We've got a couple minutes if we need. Yes? Yeah, Pitsy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Satan is crouching like a lion seeking. Yeah, get away from it. It's not, it's never in your interest to stick around. Um, there's the old analogy of if you drive down a mountain, you know, and it's got the sheer cliffs, and there's two kinds of drivers. There's the drivers that stay to the inside of the, of the road and try to avoid the cliffs, and there's the drivers who see how close they can get to the edge. And uh, people who get really close to the edge, you're, really, you're, you're in danger. You know, people do that. They get really close to the edge, really close to sin. Um, it's very dangerous for you. Our friend Rand Hummel at the Wilds used to say, make it easy to sin, or make it hard to sin, easy to love God. Just make it hard to sin, easy to love God. Do, make choices in your life that make it hard to sin. And, and it's very, sometimes very practical, but, but difficult to do. Jenna, you were going to say something? Yeah, and and Second um, Corinthians one talks about comforting others others with the same comfort with which we ourselves are comforted of God. That is, as God uses His grace to change us, we can then turn around and help other people. But yeah, so anyway, take this as an encouragement, but also as a challenge to stop giving yourself so many excuses for falling into sin. Just be very blunt. Um, a lot of times, people give themselves lots of excuses for getting angry. They say, "Well, if my wife wasn't so picky, I wouldn't be so angry." right? Or if my husband wasn't such, you know, whatever this, I wouldn't be, okay, stop, stop giving yourself excuses. 
When you sin, you're, you're sinning even though an escape route is right there. So recognize the temptations for what they are, reject them, and, and follow God with your whole heart. Make it, make it hard to sin. Try to make your life so that you can please the Lord as much as you can. And, and um, one way to please Him is to stand up under temptation, to run away from that which uh, tempts you to sin. All right, let's close in prayer. Father, thank You so much for Your Word and for its very practical application in our lives. I pray, God, You'd help us to follow You with everything we have. I pray we would reject the temptations that are all around us. Lord, we know that they are uh, sin lies at the door, uh, crouching, waiting to jump upon us. And Satan also is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour us. Let us flee from idolatry, flee from immorality, and run away from these other sins. As we talked about the temptations that many people face, Lord, I know we all uh, are tempted to think that we're the only one facing something, or maybe that it's too much for us. Let us cling to these verses knowing that you've given us exactly what we need to escape, and you have limited these temptations so that we do not have to face anything beyond our ability, beyond what you've given us. Father, give us a wonderful night.